Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Louise Robbins, and I would like to introduce Paul Soglin, running for Madison Mayor. As we begin, I'd like you to give an opening statement as to your educational, vocational, and civic experience, which qualifies you for this office and why you are running for mayor. Well, I arrived in Madison and spent two years, ten years at the university um, for getting my bachelor's degree with honors in history, three years graduate work in history, and uh, three years uh, in law school becoming an attorney. While I was in graduate school, I served on the city council uh, for five years. And uh, after that, I spent, well, I've now completing my 22nd year as mayor. And in between, uh, I've got about 25 years of experience in the private sector, owning my own businesses, as well as uh, working for some of the largest, well, one of the largest companies in the state, and that was Epic, Epic Systems. So I've got a lot of, uh, of experience both in the public-private sector, and I think the important thing about both the law school education and the time at Epic uh, has been one of continuous learning about managing in difficult situations. Lack of affordable housing and the pressure it brings to the issue of homelessness is a chronic problem that Madison cannot seem to get ahead of. What new ideas can you advance to help address this issue? We were dead in the water when I returned to office on the question of housing, all housing. Madison, of the 100 largest markets uh, in the country, had the worst uh, uh, vacancy rate. We were under 2%. And because of a series of failures that I had to move, we finally have made significant progress and raised that vacancy rate, uh, doubled uh, the number of available units at any time. But we've got a ways to go to get what's called a balanced market at 5%. We had failed to do the uh, zoning code rewrite, and we had failed to adopt the downtown plan. So we adopted those two. Uh, it was tough. There's a lot of work and negotiation that had to take place, but that opened the floodgates, uh, at least in terms of adding close to 6,000 new units in the city of Madison and relieving some of the pressure. The second thing is we had no plan for addressing the uh, challenges of those who are completely homeless, those who are uh, needing workforce housing, or some form of affordable housing. So we combined two things for the first time in the city's history. We combined affordable tax credits and the new use of TIF dollars that allowed us to, to put those monies into, into subsidized housing. And so we've built another 1,000 units uh, in that regard. So we have increased significantly uh, the number of, of units, particularly affordable units, in the last several years, we still have a long way to go because we are growing at such a rapid rate. Uh, we estimate that we've got to add over a 1,000 units a year just to stay even with the growth in the city of Madison. So that's, that's really our, our target. I'll give one example. Uh, we made a commitment to deal with the uh, issues of of uh, chronically homeless veterans. 
And so we put together a program with the Veterans Administration, the VA, the hospital, and with uh, the county office that works with vets. We contacted private sector landlords, and at the time we had identified approximately 160 homeless, chronically homeless veterans. We ended up housing 180. And one of the consequences of our doing so well is veterans from other parts of the state were coming to Madison. I got thanked by a woman from Ridgeway. Her brother was a, uh, was a, a homeless vet, and we got him housing. And what we really need to do next, and hopefully Governor Evers will be uh, uh, at the cutting edge on this, is we have to have a state program. There has been discussion of the policies and procedures of the Madison Police Department. What is your perspective on whether any changes are needed in ways Madison police operate in our community? There's several issues that have already been addressed. Uh, part of the problem, we haven't had more progress, is the city council created a committee, and that committee is way overdue in regards to issuing its, its report. We're hoping that sometime in the next four or five months we will, we will see that report. But in the meantime, the department is dealing with three areas. One is greater community involvement. And they're doing some, some programming on the north side where there is more contact and input from the neighborhood in non-law enforcement situations. In other words, the idea is, and this is one of the recommendations that came out of the professional report, People should not have contact with the police solely on the basis of a potential uh, dilemma, crisis, or something that leads to arrest. So that's one change that's been made. Second thing that's happening is the department is reviewing and made some changes in regards to use of force. And I, and I think that that's a, a welcome change that the community appreciates. Uh, the third area is opening up uh, input for criticism of the department. And so they have gone ahead, and I, I think these are significant changes that will make a difference long time, long term. Many residents perceive Madison to be a divided city, one in which people of color are less likely to thrive than are whites. Do you share this perception? And if so, what would you do to address the division? Well, we've got... What, what everybody refers to, which is the race to equity report that came out in 2013 based on the, the data from 2011. And I'll get to that in a moment. But there are several things that I think are critical to understanding uh, the, the challenges we have in Madison. First, um, when the city started recovering after the 2008 recession, that recovery was not uniform throughout the community. And African-Americans, Latinx, they were not participating in that recovery uh, the way uh, the, the, the white majority was. That's the first thing. The second thing is that if you look at communities that, that are more positively perceived than, than we have here in Madison, one of the significant differences is the number of African-American, Latinx-owned businesses, entrepreneurship. And 
I think it's important for, for two reasons that we will expand, and we're working on this now. We will expand uh, our, our uh, economic development programs, one, so people have greater opportunity to make money, but secondly, I think it's just important for the economy, the culture, uh, the, the nature of our community to have a more diverse uh, group of people owning businesses in the city. Now, on the areas that the, the city has some impact, we have seen significant changes since 2011. I'll mention three areas. First, household income uh, is up significantly and the disparity is closing. Secondly, the number of children and households that are below the poverty level has improved considerably. And thirdly, the unemployment, which was outrageously high when I came into office, has been significantly cut. What are issues, the issues that need to be considered as tax incremental financing districts are reconceptualized? Well, the, the, the critical thing about TIF is that it started out basically for redevelopment purposes. So you find a blighted area where no private investment was taking place, and we would go ahead work with the private property owners, get things happening, whether it was residential or, or it was businesses. And that did significantly uh, add to the uh, housing stock of the city and to um, uh, the tax base. The economy is changing, and our demands are changing. And we're going to have to make some adjustments, as we did this last year with Exact Sciences. And I'm very proud of what we've now done in terms of job TIFs. And we're saying to these companies, no, there's a new bar. We're now making demands in terms of hiring. You have to add several hundred people to your workforce. You have to do a minimum wage of 15 an hour. You have to provide health insurance. You have to provide a pension. And in the case of what we did with Exact Sciences, you've got to sign a contract with somebody like the Urban League who will now work in training and get people, particularly uh, from communities of color or underemployed, into these better jobs. With the growth and spread of population in Dane County, Madison, what are the issues that most require cooperation with the Dane County Executive and Board, briefly? I think there's two areas that come to mind immediately. One is, as we've learned this last year, the issue of flooding. Uh, the issue of flooding in the Madison Isthmus and the Monona area is connected to the series of lakes and the Ohara River going all the way down south of Stoughton. And that is going to take uh, many municipalities and county government uh, cooperation in making sure that we don't have that kind of damaging flooding again. And I, I want to point out that if Lake Mendota had been several feet lower, closer to uh, its legal uh, maximum, we wouldn't have had any of that flooding last August. But we couldn't get Lake Mendota down low enough because, in effect, of bottlenecks further downstream. The second area, and this is one of, I think, is the most important issue facing us, is county-related. And that has to deal with juvenile justice. The greatest challenge facing us right now are perhaps 80 to 150 young people, mostly African-American, who have been identified and are 
in and out of the criminal justice system as juveniles. They are involved in a lot of the car thefts, home break-ins, and some assaults. 20, 30, 40 years ago, the judges would have had a number of options in terms of what to do in terms of disposition of their cases. They could have been sent home. They could have been sent to Lincoln Hills. They could have been sent and placed in a juvenile home here in Dane County where they could stay connected to their schools but still get that additional supervision for which the county is responsible. Lincoln Hills is out of the question because of the state disaster, and there are no longer any homes for juveniles in Dane County. The county has to go back to that system. Okay, you have now about 30 seconds to say something to the viewing audiences once we complete this interview. Well, I just want to say that, you know, I've repeated this over the years. It hasn't changed. I love this city. I enjoy being mayor. I really think we've accomplished a lot. I'd like to see uh, this additional term and, and have an opportunity to really institutionalize and carry on the tremendous improvements we've made in the last eight years going forward because not everyone has yet started to participate uh, in the benefits of living in Madison, Wisconsin. I want to thank Paul Soglin for speaking with us and the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. As with every election, please vote. On behalf of Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us. Yeah.